As Candace has said, 18 months ago we published this paper, Improving Health and Healthcare in London, who will take the lead. The King's Fund has an historic interest in health services in London, originated in a concern about the funding of voluntary hospitals in the 1890s and the challenges they faced in balancing their budgets, uh, plus a change. And uh, we've continued with our interest in what's happening across the capital in the intervening 120 years or so. And today we are publishing this update, Leading Healthcare in London, as Candace has said, time for a radical response. What this does, the update, is to look at what's happened in the last 18 months since our last review, particularly around further service changes and service improvements. And particularly given the title, asking the question, well, are we any clearer today about where leadership responsibility should rest in future, particularly given the abolition of SHAs and primary care trusts. So if we still need uh, system leadership, but there is no designated system leader in the new structures that have been created uh, since April, then who potentially will fill that vacuum? That's a core question in today's report. The context, growing financial and service pressures. Uh, the new structures, in our view, much more complex even than those that they have replaced. And uh, when you have a chance to look at the report, you'll see on page 18, this is our attempt at a wiring diagram. It's grossly oversimplified because there is no way you can get all of the organisations that have a role in health and care across London on a single sheet of paper. So please bear that in mind when you study that. And if we've forgotten the particular organisation you're part of, apologies, but it's probably deliberate rather than an error on our part. So a very complex new set of structures. And of course, going through such radical organisational change could hardly have come at a worse time, given the progress that was being made and still is being made in implementing healthcare for London. Taking an optimistic view, based on the discussions we've been having to produce this report with various people in leadership roles across the capital, it's possible to conceive that new, what we call constellations of leadership, may emerge to take forward the work that started but has yet to be finished around service change and service improvement. If you like to fill the vacuum created by the abolition of the SHA and primary care trusts. And of course the theory as we all know, is that change should be commissioner-led. So the constellations could be a single CCG if the changes are essentially local. It could be a combination of CCGs if we're talking about change across a sector of London. We've seen some early examples of that, particularly in northwest London. NHS England, the London office that Anne leads clearly has a major role, especially in London with its responsibility for specialised services commissioning and many providers in London being more dependent on income from specialised services than would be typically the case in other parts of the country. So commissioner-led change and we'd expect CCGs and the regional office to play a major part in that. We also, though, argue in our report that much of the expertise about the kind of changes that are needed rests with providers, whether in primary care in the community or in hospitals. And that's one of the reasons we asked David to speak today about the work in UCL Partners as one example of providers working within a framework created by commissioners of coming forward with proposals for how some specialised services should be reconfigured and improved. 
I haven't mentioned the role of local authorities or indeed health and well-being boards. They are other players on the pitch with a contribution to make in scrutinising proposals for change, in focusing particularly through health and well-being boards on ways in which we can further integrate between health and social care as in other ways too. So it does all add up to a very complex structure uh, with risks in our view of confusion and incoherence unless we are clear where responsibility for leading further change rests at whatever level we're talking about and for whatever services we are focusing on. So to cut to the chase, what we argue in our report is that we don't believe these new structures will be sufficient. We don't believe they are fit for purpose, given the increasing financial pressures, given the well-known service challenges, given the work that's been done looking at quality and safety in the last year or so, which highlights much more to be done, particularly, but not only, in our acute hospitals to deliver the appropriate standards of care that patients and the public expect. The structures are new. They are untried and untested. A lot of experience has been lost as a consequence of the organisational changes. And the issues confronting health and healthcare in London are urgent, not just in hospitals, but in primary care and in community services as well. So, what might be done? What might be the alternative? Well, as you'd expect me to say, and this is something I truly believe, the last thing we need is another reorganisation. The last thing the NHS in London needs is further structural change. But if the structures will not deliver um, in the time scale that is required, then what can be done to build on what exists and to ensure that there is uh, proper leadership of the required service change going forward? We argue in our report that there's some important learning and potential parallels between what's happening in London at the moment and the transformation that occurred in the Veterans Health Administration, a very different kind of healthcare system in the United States in the 1990s. Similar starting point, you know, widespread recognition of much work to be done to improve quality outcomes and safety and to reconfigure services to achieve that outcome. And essentially that was done in the Veterans Health Administration on the provider side by moving away from a fragmented hospital-centred system to create 22 regionally-based integrated provider networks. Each of those networks comprising a number of hospitals, community, primary care facilities, but working at a system across a region rather than each component of a network operating independently. And those 22 regionally-based networks relating to a strategic funder, strategic commissioner, if you like to use our language, responsible for the overall stewardship and direction of the Veterans Health Administration. By extrapolation, what might that mean? Well, what we argue is that in London we can make the case for there being a London-wide strategic commissioner focused around NHS England, its London office, working hand-in-hand -hand very closely with CCGs, bringing much more of a local and indeed much more of a clinical perspective into the debate about what services need to be commissioned across the country. And also, by extension, thinking about the regional networks established within the VA, we have already a footprint based on the Academic Health Science Centre's partnerships and now in future the Academic Health Science Networks. 
which have a particular function around innovation, and that's very important, but potentially could be developed further. Uh, could be developed into organizations that would contain within their boundaries a number of foundation trusts and trusts and other providers, but the networks would have much more authority, much more of a leadership role in working across their sectors of London, not just on innovation, but on service improvement and service change too, building on the good progress we've seen around, say, stroke care and vascular services, taking forward the unfinished business from healthcare for London through a provider network arrangement. But doing that, as I say, not just as providers, working within a strategic commissioning framework led by NHS England's London office, working closely with CCGs. And particularly, we think the merit of this is you will be able then to charge your most experienced managers and clinical leaders within that network framework to take forward the work that does need to be done to make a virtue of the experience they can bring uh, to bear. So the focus for us must be not on structural change. This is primarily about service change. I really do want to emphasize that. It's not about recreating the strategic health authority. That may disappoint some of you. It may please others of you uh, in the room. It does mean working with what we've got in the way I've been describing. But, and this is where I want to end up, where there will need to be a big change in our view is around market regulation. If this proposed approach, this proposed alternative is to get any traction. Because in our view, it would be very difficult to see how this could deliver any more than the system and the structures that are being put in place unless there was a willingness to suspend or perhaps seriously amend the rules around market regulation that monitor OFT, the Competition Commission and the others involved in looking at mergers and where services should be located, their role in addressing those issues. Because our view is that monitor OFT and others are likely to introduce further delays uh, certainly additional transaction costs as a consequence of market regulation at a time when the urgency of the financial and service pressures facing healthcare in London demand a radical response and a response which is appropriately fast. We're not saying we should remove the important role that local authorities have and OSCs around scrutinising proposals for service change, but when they support proposals that commissioners and providers through the networked arrangements that I've been describing put forward, then to have the regulators come in as a further check and balance within the system seems to us to be a step too far. So that would be the major change that would be required within the emerging structures and arrangements for market regulation. Finally, we're not arguing that this is a model that should be considered or adopted for the rest of the NHS in England. We do argue that the concentration of challenges in London means that a, a different approach, a radical approach, is needed along the lines that I've been describing. And far better to recognise that, to grasp the nettle now, uh, to be ahead of an impending crisis emerging, than to wait for it to happen and then to have to react in a way which is less likely to be effective. <laughs>